Uh, this week we've been discussing the reality of prayer. And I want to continue this morning. The reality of prayer. And let me start with this first statement. Please, if you are noting, note this down. And when I say some certain things and make emphasis, you know that these are the things that you need to hold on to clearly. Please note this down. That prayer is supposed to change us. Listen to me. Prayer is supposed to change us and to align us properly with all the things that God has done. I'm going to explain, but I want you to hold this. Prayer is supposed to change us. Let me hear you say, prayer is supposed to change me. Louder, prayer is supposed to change me. So if you become an expert prayer warrior, and that your expertise is not changing your heart, something is wrong. And it's very important that we clear these things out so that we can remove the limitations. We can remove the things that is holding us back. The idea of prayer we have has always been that moment when we come and bombard God with all our requests. And there's nothing wrong with that. We get there. But after we do that, prayer is supposed to change us. Now, this is where we got it wrong because church specialized in the skill of prayer. So we measure spirituality by intensity and hours of prayer. But then our heart remains unchanged even when we become skillful in the act of prayer. Have you seen some people before? Have you been around people? They can pray, right? But they can't get along with anybody. Have you seen that before? They can pray. <laughs> but if that prayer is working, it's supposed to change your heart. And a changed heart will always lead to a change attitude. And so, we want to understand that because the idea that you have to use your prayer to engage God, to change him, to remind him, and yet you remain not changed. Something is wrong with that. I am not interested in raising people who are skillful at religious things. My heart desire are those who live the life of Christ. Somebody say a very loud amen. And that is you in the name of Jesus. So watch this. So note this. Take this. That prayer is supposed to change me. Let me hear you say prayer is supposed to change me. Now say it louder. Prayer is supposed to change me. Alright, so now I need you to repeat this after me. Say today. Say it like you mean it today. In this service, I will become better and I will do better. One more time. Say today. In this service, I will become better and I will achieve more. In the name of Jesus. Somebody put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, so just hold that. But I will take you to a journey and then we get back to this statement. Don't forget, I need you to hold that. That prayer is supposed to change us. It's supposed to change me. I am praying very goodly is because the prayer is changing me. The problem, religion focuses on rituals, activities. And that's what was going on before Jesus came. They knew how to do the religious activities. But their heart was darkened towards the people. And that's why Jesus had a problem with them. What was going on was that people will stone you for the Sabbath. That 
you did something, you went to your farm and plucked corn to eat because you are hungry on the Sabbath, the religious leaders will stone you. But behind, if their donkey falls into a well on the Sabbath, they will rescue the donkey. That's what Jesus, I'm, this I'm saying, I'm paraphrasing the words of Jesus. But because of Sabbath, they will stone you. That you went to your field to get something to eat. They will stone you on behalf of God. But if their donkey falls into a well during the Sabbath, they will, they will not say, donkey, today is Sabbath. Stay in the well. They will go and rescue the donkey. But they will stone a man for the Sabbath. And that's why Jesus kept walking on the Sabbath. Because he wanted to provoke them. Jesus healed a man. And I never understood why he told the man, carry your bed. The man didn't need that bed, did he? Bed of sickness. That Jesus said, carry the bed and go home. Because he knew when he was going, they would confront him. And watch this. When they confronted him, they were not excited that this brother was healed. Hmm? You know what angered them? Why are you carrying your bed on a Sabbath? Oh God, religion is wicked. They were not excited. This man has been in this condition for these years. They never lifted a finger to help the man. They now saw this man walking home. Me and you will be like, wow! Okay, we will even forget that the man was carrying his bed. But to tell you how darkened their heart is, and this is what happens with religious people today, it's the same thing. Their heart was so darkened, they looked at the man and said, who told you to carry your bed on a, on a Sabbath? And so, and this is where we are having issues because those who don't understand what you are saying are trying to say, we are saying, oh, we are making less of prayer. No, we are not making less of prayer. We are only delivering you from the spirit of religion. Somebody say a loud amen. So watch this. Please hold this. Prayer is supposed to change us. Let's take a journey and we get back to that. Did you know that there is nothing wrong in your life? Note this. There is nothing wrong in your life now that cannot be changed. Is that true? I want, I want us to go step by step. I want you to come to the place of agreement in what I just said now. There is no situation, there's no negative situation that you are in now that cannot change. Somebody say a very loud amen. Now I want you to follow me on those top patterns. There's nothing wrong that cannot be made right. There's nothing that you don't have now that you cannot have. There's nothing that is no situation. Now, so my message is not based on how bad you are now, but it is how good you can become. Somebody say a very loud amen. I am not focused on how bad you are now. I'm focused on how good you can become. Number two, I acknowledge how good you are now, but I'm also interested in how better you can become. And that is the spirit with which we teach. That's the spirit with which we Align with God to make his will for us unknown. To, to make it known. Now, let me just say this. So, how do we make the wrongs right? And how do we get the things that we desire? How do we make the wrongs right? If there's anything that's not going well in your life, the way out, the world understand the systems. And because of that, we keep moping around like blind people. We must face the right direction. And I will explain what I mean. For us to get the things that is not working to work or
for us to move from where we are to where we need to be, we must face the right direction. Have you noticed that, for example, let us say you are traveling, you're supposed to go from here to Lagos. But somehow you missed your road and then you ended on facing Kaduna. You're supposed to go to Lagos, but you're facing Kaduna. Did you know that it doesn't matter how serious, how dedicated, how focused, how prayerful, how fast, how good that you are on that road, it will never get you to your destination. Is that true? Just think about that. You can be committed on that road. You can obey all the traffic rules. You can be the best driver on that road. You can be speaking in tongues as you go. But it doesn't matter how dedicated or how good you are on the wrong road, it will never take you to rise the destination. The only thing is to stop and make a U-turn. Does that make sense? That's why I say we must focus on the right direction. Now, here is the direction. Pay attention to this. Both our problems and solutions are within us. Both our problems and our solutions, and this is where it can get a little bit confusing. What is wrong with us and what can be right with us? All of them are inside of us. So that means we have to focus where the problem is and where the answers are. Just follow me carefully. I just told you, it doesn't matter how dedicated you are on the wrong road. You will never take you to the right one, except if you stop and make a U-turn. Both our problems, I need you to note this very carefully. Both our problems and our answers, our solutions, are inside of us. Now, let me move on. Our major challenge in life is the way we think. Friends, if you have been listening to me, you will notice that I hammer on this over and over and over again. People try to do many things. They try to labor. They try to stress. People are willing to do many things except to change their mind. And meanwhile, our major challenge in life comes from our mindset, the way we think. The way your mind has been programmed to work, don't forget, if you are if you are looking at the wrong place, the result will be wrong. The way your mind has been programmed to work is a problem. Look up here. Did you know that I have never had anybody who came to me and said, Pastor, I'm having a problem in this area. But, but, but I think that the way I think about the situation is not right. Never. I've never cancelled anybody who came to me to present a problem. And the person said, Pastor, you know, I, I, I think that I just need to change my mind about this. Look up here. Let me, let me ask it in another way. Is there anyone here who does that? When you have a problem, you sit down and you say to yourself, perhaps I just need to change my mind on this particular situation. No, we scarcely do that. But let me tell you. Remember I told you, if you're focused on the wrong direction, it doesn't matter how fast, how good, how anointed you go. We have to look at the right, right direction. Nobody has ever come to me. And not, don't, not just now that I pastor. I've always been someone that people come to. We talk to about things. No one has ever come to me before. And say, pastor, or brother, or whatever. You know, I, I, can you help me change my mind on this matter? 
<laughs> I don't know about you. Has anybody come to you like that before? Hmm? Come to you and say, I need you to help me change my mind. I think the way I'm thinking about this matter, there's something is not right with it. I think I need to change my mind on this matter. But okay, let me tell you, the challenge we're having is the progression of our mind. And it remains that man can do anything except to refuse to change his mind. And once the mind gets shifted, then you see what happens. Now, listen to this carefully. Do we have, just give me Romans 12 2. Let's, you don't know the scripture. Let's look at it again before I say a few more things. Romans 12 verse 2. See what it says. Okay, everybody, let's read like we do with a loud voice, with me loud. One, two, go. Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of of how you of how you so why don't we take this serious if it's this important so brother Paul is writing to believers not unbelievers and he said to them stop imitating the other one says stop copying the other one says don't do not conform right stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit by, look at what it says, a total reformation. I think it's the New Living Translation says, let God change you into a new person by changing the way you think. I think it's the New Living Translation. Let, uh, it says, allow God to change you into a new person by changing the way you think. <laughs> But why is it that we don't pay attention to that? Remember, I'm talking about prayer. Just follow me. Remember, I'm talking about prayer. And I'm telling you that prayer is supposed to change us. Man, most times, is not interested in change. They just want to get things. They just want to do things. They have not come to realize that the miracle is in the change of mind. Somebody say a very loud amen. Are you with me so far? So if, now, now, let's finish up. It says, now, when you do this, when you allow the Holy Spirit to transform the way you think, that transformation will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life. Somebody say a very loud amen. And that life is satisfying and that life is perfect in God's eyes. Wonderful. Wonderful. It says that that life, right, is a beautiful life. It's not ugly life. The life is beautiful. The Bible says. But And that beautiful life is not just only beautiful. But that life is also satisfying. That means, that means it's satisfying because you are living how God wants you to live. Watch what it says. That begins because you discern God's will. So the, the will of God is not on a mountain that we need to go and find for. It is when we stop imitating but then allow God by the Holy Spirit to transform how we think. Look up here. This is why we teach at all times. Because the word of God is the sword of the spirit. Every lie must be replaced by truth. In fact, the way you are operating now, we can calculate it and tell you how it came by. Now, except and this is why I shout all the time. Because you can get all religious but then your mind is somewhere else. Just like I said now, we have encountered people who are expert prayer warriors. 
but they are full of pride. We have encountered people who are, they know how to pray. Their tongues will shake this curtain. But their heart is full of wickedness. You see? Now, so I don't want you to get carried away by activities. But what I want to see and what we are seeing and what we continue to see is the reality of the life in us. Now, what is unfortunate still is that we have been programmed to blame the outside factors. Remember I told you, don't forget the things I've said. Let me recap so you don't forget. The key things I've said so far is this. Number one, prayer is supposed to change us. Prayer is supposed to align us. Remember? Supposed to align us in the will of God for us. That's what it's supposed to do. And number two, I said to you that for us to change the things we need to change, then we need to focus at the right direction. And where is that direction? Inside of us. Somebody say inside of me. Let me hear you say inside of me. You know, I have, as a pastor, I've counted people. Eh? They come, right? Look up here. And, and I mean this. I said this rightly. They've come. And when they come, they're talking about life as that. There's no way. Nothing is working. Everybody's bad. Everybody's evil. God is not working. This is not. You calm down. If you look at this person just not too long or give them a space of time, you will see exactly what the problem is. But they are not interested to take a look at inside because we've been programmed to blame the outside forces. We have been conditioned to not take a look within us, but to look at outside. That's the way we've been programmed. So what is the first thing we blame? We blame other people. We blame other people. We blame other people for our attitude. Oh God, your attitude is somehow, uh -uh, pastor, they're always making me angry. That means that attitude will never change you. As I was teaching in the discipleship class today, I said maturity is how you respond when you're offended. When offense comes, how you respond is what shows you whether you are growing or not. By the way, let, let, let me say this, and this is what I teach in the discipleship class. The way I measure your spiritual growth is how you relate with one another. I've never measured spiritual growth by the size of your tongues. Or those who sound too spiritual. My disappointment in ministry has always come by the hand of those who sounded too spiritual when they came. I asked them, how did you come? How did you find us? How did you come? They say, hey, man of God, the Lord led me. <laughs> I, I, I'm not, I'm trying to be normal. <laughs> Let's make spirituality normal. The Lord led me. The Lord spoke to me. 90% of them have been liars. Actually not. I'm not saying all of them, but the majority of them. You know how I know? This is how I test them. The Lord sent you, right? I said, okay. All right. So you will sit down. Hmm? You will sit down and you will not do anything. Because most of those are trying to get your attention. They will tell me, okay, Pastor, I blow trumpets. I play keyboard. I play drums. In my church, eh, I used to lead prayer. So okay, here, the first test is that you sit down for six months. And the fellow that the Lord sent next Sunday, you won't see them again. 
But it was the Lord that sent them. Hmm? The Lord has transferred them. <laughs> I kid you not. That's what I've seen. Look, look, friends. I've seen the worst of this religious drama. And that's why I'm trying to call you away from it. It, it produces hypocrites. It produces people who have... They know how to act spiritually. But there's nothing spiritual in their lives. You just came and just told me. All I wanted to tell you is that... Okay, now, now, don't get me wrong. Are there some people that God sent? Yes. And those ones, they always stay. Whether we have that conversation or not. But the ones who begin always with those statements. Man of God, the God sent me to you. I said, okay. Many, many take care of us. We'll see. We'll see. Now, listen to me. Let me come back to what I was saying. That's a little bit off. What I was saying is that most times you find out that people would rather blame other people for what's going on in their lives than take responsibility. Don't forget I told you that both our problems and our solutions is where? Is where? Is where? Within us. And so, pastor says to you, watch this behavior. You say, pastor, but they're always making me upset. Now, you are not being real. Because that means the only way you can become a human being, better human being, is that everything in, on this earth stops making you upset. How many of you know that that's not possible, right? In fact, the test, let me say that again, the test of your maturity is how you respond at a time of offense. That's the test of maturity. Until something presses you somewhere. Or somebody presses you somewhere. I was gisting them in the class this morning. I said, while I lived in the U.S., I had convinced myself that I was a very perfect gentleman. I had convinced myself perfectly that I was a perfect gentleman. Nobody, I know they look away, nobody trouble. I know they verse. I know they shout at anybody. I did not understand that it was because of the environment I was living in. So, take for example, if I'm driving on the road, everybody's going on their own lane. I'm going on my own lane. JJ, no problem. Nobody's trying to double cut you. So, the people you meet going are the people you meet coming. You get to work, you climb the elevator. Hello, how are you? Johnson, Brenda, everybody. Cool, cool, everybody's all right. So, you convince yourself until I came back here. <laughs> until I came back here. And so, I'm driving on the road, maintaining the correct speed. Driving straight as I should drive. Not looking for anybody's trouble. And then somebody will come behind me. I blow horn. Pa, 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 pa. I say, what did I do now? The man will wind down and say, idiot, useless man. <laughs> At first, I didn't understand. Because it was confusing. So I'm, I'm sitting there and thinking, but what did I do to this man now? Right? Why would somebody call you idiot? I mean, why would somebody insult you like that? And you're thinking about it. Now watch this. The more I think about it, the more angry. I get right because I'm I'm meditating over the thing, I'm chewing the thing over. But why would this guy? I can't look look the guy motor self. The motor be like Napanebita build the motor here. So you are so you on all levels. You are, what is this? And the more you think about it, the more younger. So now watch this. So I am already upset now inside, right? So when it happens next time, before I know it, me to a one and say idiot. 
<laughs> I did it one day and I caught myself. Wow. <laughs> you know, sometimes my condition, I didn't make a fish bend. Yeah. I said to myself, wow, wow. Dude, uh, start, calm down, calm down first. Now, listen to me carefully. Yeah, I can go around and keep blaming everybody. But what I tried to do is to focus on what was going on inside. That's when I started to develop some thoughts. I said to myself, because somebody says I'm stupid, does it mean that I'm stupid? Good. In fact, I said to myself, the problem is with the man. Any man who looks at me and says I'm stupid, something is wrong with that fellow. I did not act stupidly, neither did I behave stupidly. You don't even know who I am. So something is wrong with the fellow. Now listen to me. You can blame. Now just follow me carefully. And this is where I see a lot of believers. They all get religious but less results. Because we give away the power that we have and put it in the hands of other people. So we blame other people. We blame the environment. I'm telling you that it is possible in this land you can be very prosperous. You say, ah, this country with Buhari government, with Buhari but you forget, ladies and gentlemen, that if you drive around, you see people who are driving. Is that true? So, but we have been conditioned to blame the outside forces. For each challenge we have, we have learned how to, we have, it's more convenient to say, how can somebody survive in this country? We don't have electricity. I have lived in countries where there has been electricity since 1940. There are still poor people. There has been 24 hours. In fact, to be honest with you, when that electricity comes, the problem is that you might not be able to afford it because the price will increase. Did you know that? The price will increase. Did you know how they charge tariff now? Now, do you know how they charge tariff now? Yes. If you have more light, your price is higher. Is that true? Good. Say, uh, how, can we, how can we survive? There's no roads. Yeah. I didn't say the roads are not bad, but don't forget, as bad as the roads are, there are people who are surviving. I'm trying to cut you off, break you loose from the thought patterns that has limited you. That's what I'm doing this morning. And don't forget, we are talking about prayer. All this matter is about prayer, the reality of prayer, how prayer changes us. So we blame the environment. We talk about how bad the situations are. Sister, within the what's the problem? Ah, Abuja men, eh? They are very useless men. Abuja men, they are very useless men. Hmm. Okay. Oh. That's why you are not married yet. Yes, yeah. But why is it that wedding is happening every Saturday? Eh? With the useless men. Every Saturday. There's no Saturday that weddings. The few friends I have on Facebook, there's no Saturday I don't see somebody post a wedding picture. They say Saturday is for all one base. Isn't that what they say? They say all men are stupid. All men are useless. And the weddings every Saturday with the same stupid people, with the same useless people. Weddings every Saturday. I'm saying these things. I know this may sometimes I have to offend you, you know. 
You see, it's better for me to blame other circumstances. And then you, you go home feeling comfortable. No, it's not true. It's absolutely not true. Now, I will go back to balance all this. Because I'm not here to deny. I just told you my own story now. But if you keep blaming every failure you had, every circumstance that's not working well, if you keep blaming it on the outside source, guess what? You lose the power to change it. Don't forget that. You lose the power to change the situation. If the reason you are still single is because every man is useless, then that, that is, that's it now. Maybe God will have to manufacture an angel and drop him down from heaven. And this goes both ways. For those who say, guys who say, ah, this Abuja, ah, all those here, they don't spoil. Same thing. They don't spoil. Eh? Then your matter is closed now. Look up here. Is it the ones in the village that are not spoiled? Some of those ones are smoking in Bosef. Is it the ones in the village that is not spoiled? I'm telling you, these are the kind of thoughts that closes doors. Because even when you meet people, that's how you evaluate them. That's how you look at them. Because everybody is bad. Okay. And unfortunately, these people who say these things, themselves, they think that they are good. Have you noticed that? You are saying everybody is bad, but you think that you are good. So you must be the only good person available everywhere. Just come. Is this, isn't this common sense? Only that common sense sometimes is very scarce. It's not common. Eh? Because once you buy those pictures, it stays with you. It stays with you. You say, ah, the women here, all of them, are, ah, they go. Okay. Maybe now you go born one, come make an angel. I'm telling you that if you think you are good, that means there's also somebody else who is good. Is that true? But don't, remember what it says, don't imitate their opinions. That's bear palo talk. Let me give it to you now. That kind of talk is bear palo talk. That kind of talk is bear palo talk. How can you be full of the spirit, but the thing opinions that rules you is bear palo talk? There are talks. So when people speak, when you are speak, the things that you say, and these are the places we need to take responsibility. The things that you say, have you sat down and asked yourself, why do I even say these things this way? If I know that they didn't come from you, it came from something and somebody else. Now, what is the third thing we blame? Of course, external powers. That one is the one that religion gives you. They tell you it's because somebody is pressing you somewhere. Uh, it's not ordinary. This matter is not ordinary. And guess what happens? Look up here. You know the thing with the black man is that what the black man cannot explain is spiritual. Please don't be like that. Somebody say amen. Say I will not be like that. You know why? Because God is opening your eyes to know. You will not be like that. When they talk, they talk because they are in darkness. But you are in light. If you don't understand the problem, then you just blanket the whole thing. Because that's the way. Don't forget. Because we have been programmed to blame outside forces. If it's not working, then some demon is responsible somewhere. If it's not working, then you must have some enemy somewhere. If it's not working, then you saw this thing there. 
This thing is maybe it's coming from your forefathers. And those are the things that started to offend me. Because don't forget, me too, I was victim of all these things. You know, you know that, right? Because at the time I have been made to believe that my forefathers were so terrible. It looks like everything that came out of them were evil. I remember somebody sharing with us in a church how I don't know whether it was him or somebody else that somebody a pastor went to preach in a program and say he did everything he knew how to do. Listen to this. He did all the things he knew how to do and the anointing wasn't just flowing. <laughs> he said he did all the things and the anointing wasn't flowing. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like teaching or preaching this morning. I'm trying to have a conversation. In fact, if we had a chair, I would have loved to sit down. And so maybe that will help. So I don't feel like a teacher. I'm just talking to you guys. Say so he did everything and the anointing wasn't flowing. And then this white man came, just did like this. Anointing started to flow. And then he went to pray and to ask God, why? He said, God, God asked him, say, who is your father? He said, don't you know that that white man's father, his father, his grandfather, everybody has been an evangelist. You, who is your father? And so, all those things close doors for us. I kid you not. Because when you look at your history, you see that maybe some generation down the line, there was some idol worshiper somewhere. Is that true? And so, you, so your matter don't, your case is closed now. Because you can't change that. But don't forget, they say babies come from heaven. Is it not God that sent you there? Look up. Did you choose? Did God call you heaven and say, son, which family do you want to go? He said, no, 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 I want the adult worshiper. How many of you did that? It's God in his wisdom that allow you to be born where you were born if we go with the theology. And yet now, that God sent you to a place that you cannot survive because of what has been done before you were born. Does that even make sense? What kind of God is that? Look up here, friends. Until you start to know that when a man encounters the light, it doesn't matter where that man was born. Doesn't matter. Look at the genealogy of Jesus. Jesus' great-grandmother was a prostitute. I hope you know that. If the Bible was written by religious people, they will not add that one. Nobody's there. When you read those genealogy, you think it doesn't mean something. No, it means something. It tells you the kind of men that where Jesus came from. One of them was a hallowed. It is better. That, so we can break through, break out from all this nonsense, all this drama, all these lies that they has used to fill your head. Look up here, and I say this, I will continue to say this. It doesn't matter where the platform is. If there are people who need to suffer for what their grandparents did, it's the white man. The white man has done more evil in this world. I'm talking about history. They have done more evil, more than any black man. 
they have done no evil. The kind of evil white people have perpetrated, the black man has not even thought about it. And yet, they move on. It is us that is the victims that will not survive because your great-grandfather was an idol worshiper. Uncle, look up here. Go and look what history. You know, thank God that I had the opportunity to study elsewhere because I took a course in world history. That's when I found out that every generation of human beings worshipped idols. Did you even have to take world history to know? Don't you see in the Bible, the Bible says that Paul got to a city and he noticed that all of the places there were temples. Were those temples to Jesus? They were idol temples to the point they built temples to the point they built one and named it to the unknown God. At least my forefathers didn't do that one. After, they didn't want to miss any God. After they have built temples for all kind of gods, they built the one. They said this one, in case there's anyone we forgot, this one is his own temple. Where was Paul was? Is, is that in your village? No. Those cities are the European cities you have today. Physically, I'm talking about now. Most of those places you read in the Bible that Paul was talking about is the European cities that you talk about today. So, their own grand great fathers were good worshippers, just like every other person. I'm telling you, why do I get here? Is to disconnect you from the darkness that is in our mind. Somebody say, every light, amen. Don't forget, prayer is supposed to change us. And don't forget, I'll get back to that. But until, if we continue to blame something, someone, somewhere else, we will never take responsibility for the change. Now, if we are delivering our hands to the hand of somebody else, every day they keep breaking courses, generational courses, as if everything our parents or our forefather did was evil. It's not true. Just like any other civilization, they had the bad things and they had the good things. I never had the generational blessings. It was always about a generational cause. And how does those things work? Look up here. The cause is in your head. Because once it sticks, it sticks. It's in your head. Now that's why God is raising new light. That as we speak about the knowledge of Christ, you know that you are unstoppable. Somebody say, Lord, amen. amen. Listen to me carefully. Now, not carefully. All these things I said, I did not say that these things did not affect you. I did not say that the way people behave to you. I did not say that everybody has behaved good to you. I did not say that there are no bad men or bad women in Abuja. I didn't say that everything has not affected you. But what I'm asking you, the question I'm asking you this morning... Are you going to allow those things to continue to define your life? Hmm? I did not say that people did not insult you. Shebi, I told you, people were calling me idiot. Me too, I started calling them idiot. But I have to realize that I am good, better than them, that no man should force me to use those kind of language. I could have said to myself, you see, this country is a useless country where they call you idiot for no reason. No, but I have to take personal responsibility for my actions. Say to myself, no, I will not go down to their level. I will not go down to, I will not come down to their level. 
As the same thing I practice every day, even this morning. As I'm driving to church, somebody comes behind me, is blowing home, blah, blah, blah. I wave them. Please pass. Same thing. So, instead of me letting them to control me, I decide to control myself. Somebody say a very loud amen. Listen, let me repeat. I did not say they didn't treat you bad. I did not say they didn't insult you. I didn't say that the way things are in this country is not affecting us. I didn't say that. But the question is, should we allow our life to continually to be defined by those things? And the answer is no. We can make a change. Somebody say a very loud amen. How does this come back to prayer? That's the question. Remember I said from the beginning that prayer is supposed to change us. How does this come back to prayer? Prayer is the process where we listen to me very carefully. Prayer is a process where we keep our minds consistent on the truth. Now, it begins first of all from us hearing the truth. That process that allows us to keep our mind on the truth and start to speak that truth back to us is prayer. Remember, I'm talking to you about the reality of prayer. And I say to you that prayer is supposed to change us. When you hear the truth, that process that allows you to repeat that truth to yourself, that process that allows you to keep your mind on what the word of God says you are, is what I'm talking about. That's what I'm calling prayer. Listen to me. That process, remember, the environment is bad. Let's say it that way. But that process that makes you to know that, so you had the truth. Yes, we are not saying that the environment is perfect. But with God, nothing is impossible. That process that allows you to stay in this environment, but continue keeping your mind on the truth, that with the God in you, nothing is impossible. That process that allows you to see that, to repeat it to yourself over and over, to keep your mind on it, that's prayer. Remember, I'm talking to you about the reality of prayer. This is opposed to what we used to do. I don't like things getting traditional. And please, don't be traditional and ritualistic with prayer. It's a flowing life. I work with all kinds of people. And um, when I, I mean organizations that I do work for, I consult for, I do something for. And so because I'm a pastor, they always tell me, when we want to start meeting, they say pray. And I'm looking at them. Some of these people, they are going to lie right now in this meeting. I know already. Right? They are going to come here to try to take advantage of somebody else. If we believe in prayer, that prayer should change that liar to say the truth, isn't it? But we want to pray to God and we still lie. <laughs> and they are the people who take the prayer serious. So they think that I'm not serious. Ah, Pastor, pray now. Yeah? <laughs> and I told you here about uh, two weeks ago. I got tired and I had prayed when we started. And when we were about to pray, they said, Pastor, pray. I said, no, you pray. And that one started. Because what I came in there is to help them untangle a problem. Somebody has put them in. And he started. Say, Father, thank you. Everything that we have said today here will do. And everyone who is opposing this one, Father, use your thunder. I kid you not. This is about two or three weeks ago. I think I said this here before. Use your... <laughs> and when he's saying that, it's the former president that he's talking about. I know. Because that's the person who is opposing what's going on. Use your... And after he says, use your thunder, you're not saying Jesus' name. <laughs> God, use thunder and kill somebody in Jesus' name. That's supposed to be a prayer, isn't it? You, 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 have you seen why here... 
Africans are very traditional prayer warriors. But it doesn't show in our lives. Now, somebody is doing you something wrong. And, and, and by the way, the man is praying for thunder to fire. <laughs> Lord, forgive me. <laughs> These are the things that you used to say when you were not saved, Abby. Thunder fire you. But now you can say it in Jesus' name. So have you seen that there's no change in the heart of that man? Have you seen that, right? But, but we want to be ritualistic. Prayer. No, sir. Prayer is supposed to change us. So the question is, so when we come to a place of prayer, don't forget, prayer is where we, we see, we repeat, and we keep the truth that we have heard in our mind. Because when we keep it in our mind, it will change us. It will change our heart. It will guard our heart. And let me tell you this, the result is a changed mindset. Listen to me carefully. It's a changed mindset. And once a changed mindset occurs, a changed behavior will occur. Prayer that works changes us. As it changes us, it changes the way we do things. And changing that way we do things is how we make our ways prosperous. Remember we started saying in this church, it's possible to train up a man to be successful. It doesn't matter where the man will go, he will succeed. Is that true? You know, because the change is in the man. The man's heart is changing. The way the man sees things is changing. Suddenly, as you look into the perfect law of liberty, you see that, yes, there are terrible men in this Abuja, but they are also good men. Is that true? Does that change your disposition? It changes. They are so good men. No, they are bad men. They are good ones. There are bad guests. They are good ones. It don't matter which community you go. It's the same thing. It don't matter which country you go. It's the same thing. You see good people and bad people. Let me put it that way. Let's come down to the level of good and evil now. doesn't matter. So, when you see the law of liberty, when you keep your mind, for example, in this country, they say nobody can survive. Things are tough. There's no money anywhere. Then you look above that or look outside of that and start to see that if I have the spirit of God, nothing is impossible. Somebody say a loud amen. Then I zero in on that which is inside of me. So the worst, watch this, the worst I speak and the way I think starts to change. Let me show you the scriptures, please. So that it wouldn't look like Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Prayer is supposed to change my heart. Okay, so look up here. Look at what it says. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Remember, don't be pulled in how many directions? Different directions. You are blaming this. You are blaming that. Your eyes is here. Your eyes is there. So first of all, it tells you don't be distracted everywhere. Watch this. And it says, be saturated. Have you seen the word? Be saturated. Who is to be saturated? Who is to be saturated? You be saturated in prayer throughout each day. Now watch this. Offering your faith-filled, it's not fear-filled, faith-filled words, requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. Now, what I want to show you is the result of prayer. Give me the next line. Look at what the result is in the next line. Then, somebody said then. That means as a result of doing this right, what will happen? God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding 
will make answers known to you through Jesus Christ. Now watch this. The other translation says, God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart. Will guard your heart. This one says, will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. What does answer do to you? It brings clarity. Isn't that true? Now, look, look, look up here. Did you notice that we make is bent? Have you noticed that? Why is that? Why is that? Look at, look at it. We make the answers known. It's bent, right? Look up. Have you seen that? What does that mean? Hmm? It was added by the translator, right? And so they did that so that you know. So, so this is the way they explained it. They said, but watch what it says. God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding. That means the answer you get is something that is above the way you think about that matter. Does that make sense? Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Listen to me carefully. The reason I'm teaching this is to show you why we do some things the way we do. Because I'm not going to bring you here, lock you up here, and we keep doing things I know that will not work. I'd rather tell you what works. Give you responsibility. You go back home and start to think about it. The Bible did not say that God will render angels from heaven. The Bible did not say that God will kill your enemies for you. The Bible did not say that God will throw that money from heaven. No, it says God's wonderful peace. Where do you feel peace? In your heart. After you have told him everything, the response of it. So, if you are praying a prayer that's not changing your heart, something is not right. That's what I'm telling you. A prayer that's not changing your heart. Because prayer is supposed to change our heart. You know that you have prayed well over a matter when your heart is changed. And you know that it has happened because there's peace. There's peace over that matter. No matter what the trouble is. Remember I told you, it's in the prayer that we see and we repeat the truth that we have had. And that truth that we repeat brings peace to our heart. The other translation says, it will garrison. It will build a wall of protection around your heart. The other translation says, it will guard. Guard, like security guard over your heart. Why is that? Because the Bible says, Listen to what because the Bible says out of the heart flows what the issues of uh, life. The Bible says the other translation says the essence of life comes from your heart. That's why prayer changes your heart. Why is that? Your decisions become better. The steps that you take become better. People want change, they don't want change steps. But what I'm telling you is this these change steps don't come because you start to learn 10 steps on how to do something. No, there's just peace in your heart over that matter. So, prayer that works is prayer that is changing me. It's bringing me to the place of peace. When I think about money, I am not desperate. But the word of God has shown me my reality. And that reality brings me to a place of peace. And I've said it before. It doesn't matter where you go. You will notice that the decisions you take from a place of peace comes out better. Versus the ones that you take out of desperation. 
or out of fear. Listen to me. And those are the worst times to take a decision. Decisions out of fear. Decisions out of desperation. Now that when they close, I go well. Even though the Holy Spirit is telling you, come back, come back, come back. You start to make excuses for going where you know you should not go to. Is that true? What is bad, you now see that is right. Because you are desperate over a matter. And so if you are desperate over a matter and you pray correctly, the response is peace in your heart. Somebody say amen. And in the place of that peace, you start to hear clearly. You start to have a different direction. When you walk, there's confidence. When you take a step, it's not nobody's chasing you. You are not trying, nobody's chasing you. You are not desperate. You, you don't have no no no. But the steps you take are clearly calculated because it's coming from a heart of peace. Don't forget, I began this teaching by saying this to you that I'm talking about the reality of prayer and telling you that prayer is supposed to change us. Don't become expert warrior. The man who knows how to pray, but is not changing you. And the scripture tells us closely here that after you have done all that, then the response, God's wonderful peace. I love that. Wonderful peace. We feel the peace in our heart. And in your relationship, when you approach it with peace in your heart, the result will come out good. If your business is approached from the place of peace in your heart, think about that. If you are doing things from a place of peace in your heart, don't forget, if the tree is good, the fruit is what? Now, that's what makes the tree good. A good heart. If my heart is good, the fruit that comes out will be good. If a man tells me I'm an idiot, but my heart is full of peace, what is it that comes out? Peace. In fact, I repeated the man self. Hmm? But ordinarily, what I would have been done, I say, what, me? Eh? Me, do you know who I am? Me? Eh? Then your anger boils. Friends, we live in a real world. People will offend you. If everybody will behave perfectly, even in the church, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it shocked me that what the scripture says is that make room for one another's thought. That's what the scripture said. It didn't say, it didn't say, go and join the church because they are perfect. He never said that. He says, make room for one another's thought. And so, if you want to increase in the place of prayer, you now know how to know that you're doing it well. Because when you finish, there must be peace in your heart. Somebody say, Amen. Say, peace in my heart. Say, peace in my heart. It feels good. This piece here, right? Of course, you know what it means. This piece here is absolute tranquility. Give me the next verse. Let's round up here. Next verse. Watch what it says. So, again, <laughs> after it talks about prayer and peace, he goes on to tell you what to do. He says, so keep your thoughts. Keep your thoughts. Keep your thoughts. Why should you keep your thoughts? Because your thoughts need to be changed. Keep your thoughts continually fixed. Not once in a while. Continually fixed on all that is authentic. All that is real. All that is honorable, admirable, beautiful, and respectful, pure, 
and holy, merciful and kind. If you keep your mind in these things, you keep your mind at peace. And this is how we can pray, beloved, without fainting at all seasons. Because remember, I told you now that prayer is that process by which we keep our mind. It doesn't matter how things are on the outside, but inside of us, we keep our mind focused and we start to repeat those clear pictures that we see. That's the process of prayer. And you can pray this at all times. Whether you're in the shower, whether you're about to sleep, whether, you know those times when you wake up, you don't want to stand up, but you're still lying down. Beautiful time. You are between consciousness and unconsciousness. Beautiful time. It comes out from the inside. You start to repeat and say to yourself, over, those are, the Bible calls it heartfelt prayers. Heartfelt, because what you are speaking at is coming from the peace that's in your heart. Fix your thoughts, he says, on all things, and keep pressing him always. Next up, next verse, next verse. Let's round up here. And here's what he says. No, go back. There's a place where he says, keep your thoughts on, okay, see here, look at it, and fasten. Fasten is like using screw to screw something in. Where should you fasten your thoughts? Have you noticed all these points about prayer is about thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Have you noticed that? It's about thoughts. You can, I have said this over and over. You go, you're praying to God. You look up here. You are wishing. You are hoping. You are praying. You are fasting. You are even walking to be rich. But your thoughts is full of poverty. It will not work. That's what I'm telling you. It will not work. You are sacrificing to be rich. You are wishing to be rich. You are praying, sowing seed to be rich. But inside of your heart is poverty. Oga, it will not mark my words. I'm just telling you because I don't want to deceive you. Because it doesn't matter how you do it. I have given you this example. Even if I were to give you one billion naira, like GPS, you will spend that money. It will route you to the poverty in your spirit. The opposite is the direction. You may not have everything on the outside now. But, but look up here. But in the process of prayer, you start to see you have everything on the inside. See where prayer is important. You, in the process of prayer, your mind is being reconfigured. From poverty to being wealthy. Okay? It doesn't matter who becomes the president of this country. It's only a matter of time. That which you have on the inside will come out. That which you have on the inside. So when I say God is retraining us, this is what it is. Give you the truth. Tell you how to work with the truth. So prosperity is no longer what one person can do. versus what, No, no, everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. Because that which is inside of you, don't forget, beloved, is what you attract. Is what you attract. If inside of you, you think you are better than people, doesn't matter how you smile at them, they will see it. You know that, right? They will see it. And it's only a matter of time. Let them step on your toes now. Boom. The Jezebel will come out. But you don't smile and say so. You will say, God bless you. Peace. Huh? <laughs> Remember, until offense comes. Boom! Then the tigress that is inside jumps out. 
Before it comes out, those who have eyes can see that tiger. They can see it. I'm saying this over and over again. So when you come here, we tell you, pay attention to the word. It's because God, first of all, is handing you truth. Because you need the truth to work. God is handing you the truth. It is now what you do with it that we are talking about. Keep, he said, keep your thoughts. Look at this. And fasting your thoughts on every glorious work of God. Praising him always. Fasting your thoughts on the things that is good. Fasting your thoughts on the things that is good. If all the time you are thinking negative about people in your mind, okay, it will affect your conduct. If you have made up your mind that people are always bad, people are always evil, it will affect your conduct. I did not say that people are not bad. I didn't say that. But for how long will you let their own character define your own life? That's the question I'm asking you. For how long are we going to take the excuse of the man, the madman who insulted me? How should I allow the madman's mouth control who I become and how I react? Friends, bow down your head. Please. I'm going to stop here. And the joy of this is that the truth is given to us here over and over. My concern is what you do with it. And I'm in teaching this on prayer. How you can take these words and become a totally new person. How you can take these words of truth that you hear and zero in your mind on it over and over. You are not struggling to change your behavior, friends. You are just allowing your mind to be transformed. A transformed mind leads to a transformed behavior. Your, the words of your mouth starts to change. Why am I asking you to burden your, your head? Any area of your life that is not working, any aspect at all that you think can be better or is working, but it can be better. It's working, but you think you know it can be better. Or any area that you are facing challenge completely. Now this is where you prove whether what you heard today is true or not. I love the word that I preach to be proven. So if it doesn't work, we know it doesn't work. Is there any area of your life where you think that things need to improve? Where you think that things need to get better? Where you know that you can produce more? That's what I want you to remember now. And I'll tell you what to do. If there's none, glory to Jesus. We can actually come to that place. But I don't want to assume. Is there somewhere that you think can be better? Or you're doing okay? Or you desire that this area should get better? You desire that this area should get better? Don't forget, I said to you, there's nothing, there's nothing that is wrong now that cannot be right. Don't forget I said to you, there's no condition that you are in that cannot change. You agreed on that. The moment has come. The moment has come. What is it? I want you to identify that clearly. You look at yourself and say, this area, correct. I want this area to be better. You desire. Let's start from that. You have a desire. For example, if you don't have money, but you desire to have because you want to help, you want to be able to minister. If your relationship, what is it? I want you to identify something clearly and mark it out. 
Mark it out. Say, this area, it can get better. This area must be improved. This area must get better. This area must be improved. I need to do better in this area. I need to extend much better. I need to produce more food in this area. If you've done that, remember, this is a process of prayer that we're doing. If you've done that, I need you to please think one more time. Next level. One more time. What exactly does the word of God say about that area concerning you? What does the word of God say about you concerning that area? We've taught a lot of truths here. So you must know something somewhere. What does what is the will of God for you in that area? Let me leave the word of God now. But what is the will of God for you in that area? What do you think is the word of God? The will of God for you in that area? What do you think it is? What do you think? Think about that. What do you think is the will of God for you in that area? What do you think? What do you think is the will of God for you in that area? Look at both of them side by side. The situation as it is. And what you think is the will of God. If you don't know what the will of God is in that area, then you've got to find out. There are hundreds of messages. You can go and find out clearly. Look for one that addresses specific area. We have to be specific to prove that it works. I don't want you to be about the bush. What is wrong and what does the word of God say? That thing that is the word of God or the will of God for you in that area from this on is what your mind is focused on. It's what the confession of your mouth what comes out of your mouth concerning that area listen to what we did number one identify an area what does the work I'm not saying what your experience has been I'm not saying what the economy has said I'm not saying what the country is obtaining no I said what is the will of God for you in that area whatever is the will of God for you in that area if you are not sure come and ask me what is the will of God concerning you in that area? Is it in your health? What is the will of God for you concerning that area? Is it in your is it relationship? What is the will of God concerning you in that area? Is it in ministry? What is the will of God concerning you in that area? What is it? What does the will of God say? That thing that you are sure is the will of God. That's what your prayer is. Friend, that's what you repeat to yourself. That's what you say over and over. It doesn't matter how opposite it looks. It doesn't matter how opposite it looks. But that's what you say to yourself over and over. That's what you speak out over and over. That's what you fix your thoughts on over and over. Whatever be the will of God in that area. That's all I've asked you to do. And then suddenly you will know it works. Because concerning that thing that has troubled you, the peace of God will fill your heart. See, it's that simple. The peace of God fills your heart that area. The peace of God fills your heart. And then out of that, begin to flow your thanks to God. You start to speak. You start to thank God like it's done already. Like you're in it already. Because you've moved yourself into the reality. Thank you, precious Father. Like you 
removed yourself into the reality. You have just changed position. You just changed your position. Remember, as we change it in that realm, the physical ones becomes possible. Thank you, precious Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. If you receive you, say another amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus in the house. Amen. I've just showed you what you can do at all times. At all times. In every situation. I try to keep it less dramatic. <laughs> so that everybody can do it. Less dramatic and less complicated. 